Hi everyone, and welcome to my really late review for Bjork's Drawing Restraint number 9. I'm not done with this series, it just took a while. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, this is the Rockin' Beards Podcast, the show where we break down non-hip-hop albums track by track, giving our thoughts and opinions on every single song. And this is the next, uh, uh, guess, in the series of my exploration through Bjork's uh, albums. I've done a whole bunch of them, basically everything she released before drawing restraint number nine has reviews on this channel at some point in the near future i'll even create a playlist on the the home of the channel so if you just click that you can go browse through them quickly because you know at this point there's enough of them but yeah today drawing restraint number nine is what i've gotten to and um i guess before we get into it i'm gonna explain a little bit slash plug myself uh why it took so long to get to this point because i know there were a few of you that were really interested in this series and i've gotten two of you commenting asking when this is coming back because i mean that's just awesome i guess you guys liked it and i guess something about how i do this is interesting to y'all which is really encouraging to me um i think the last one i did was at the end of 2019 and then uh i knew trying restraint number nine required a movie so first it took me a really long time to find the movie Like, I'm not really about uh, buying a bunch of movies for something I'm doing for, like, this review thing. Like, I'm just, I mean, a little candidly, I'm not against streaming something like this for the purposes of reviewing it. I pay for Spotify. I feel like that covers my ethical obligation to the music I do for this time. And one day when I pop and I have the finances, I'm going to purchase every single album I've reviewed and have them somewhere just because I think that would be the cool thing to do when the cash flow came in. But I just don't feel the same way about movies in general. I just don't have any passion for them. So anyway, I looked up Trying Restraint 9. I believe she made it with her husband. He It was his project. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I know I could go to Wiki, but I'm just trying to get through this now. Um, but they, and it's real artsy. So I finally find the movie, and I start watching it. And in my entire life, I've never been so bored watching a movie with no freaking words and it's all this stuff i just don't really care about in cinemas like when i watch a lot of netflix or or tv or whatever i often find a lot of stuff that's conversationally driven where the real essence of the story is the interactions between the people and physically keeping your eyes on the show isn't necessarily and often it's show because movies tend to be more visual and use the visual storytelling to get a lot more done quicker. But I find shows let you talk more and take your time and delve into these kind of interactions and whatnot. But that means I don't have to. I don't. I don't like to watch stuff. I have to actually watch because if I do, um, it's bad. Or, or I'll rewatch it or I'll read synopses after. But typically it's not like I. I just. I just don't enjoy that process. I don't know. I like to play a video game or or do stuff or work on things while I watch. I'm just not the kind of person that gets satisfaction out of sitting still for two and a half hours watching a bunch of weird stuff. 
play out in a movie with no words. So, I mean, I got pretty far into it. Um, I, I got to the part where they went through whatever. And anyway, so what, knowing I had to watch this giant ass movie made it take longer. And then whatever, I listened to the album and it took a while. But in the middle of all this, um, I started working on another album. I make music. Uh, you can check out on this channel my single I dropped on May 13th. I've got a distro kid for the next one coming out June 24th. So if you want to support me or check out what I do in the description of this video is the appropriate links. Follow me on Spotify, please. I am in dire need to grow over there. Um, and then, yeah, I just have spent a lot of soul searching and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this channel because after three and a half years, and it's, it's, uh, I had to really decide where it's going next and refine my love for creating these reviews. And when I started this Bjork series, I had an, a lot of extra time, I guess, in my spare time. And I believed that by making more reviews, I would get to my goals quicker. And it turned out that that just uh, cut away into a lot of my other dreams. So I have the main stuff I do on this channel and this was always meant to be like an extra project when i had time i just never really anticipated that like six months or so would go by before i got back to it so on that note i'm sorry and i'll make it a serious effort to finish this project as quickly as i can because i'm not one to just leave things in limbo but i do have i did have a lot that i needed to do and now i have a better sense of my time management so I'm still going to work on my albums and participate in the different endeavors of my life and focus on all the things I need to. But I think moving past Trying Restraint 9, which had that movie, because I mean, I like to watch the movies twice typically. So it meant like a four hour commitment. And in my head, I knew I needed four hours to watch this movie, plus the album's 52 minutes, which represents at least another four hours of time just to consume the content before getting to the review. Then the review comes where it's raw time however long it takes to record this added an extra half hour to 45 minutes for the editing and releasing and that was really hard to take like that 10 to 12 hours and fit it into something so that's the explanation for what happened and why it took so long and i just i don't really feel like i have a huge need to explain myself but i do appreciate those who come through and i appreciate any sense of i guess loyalty that may come from liking what i do and following it and i believe that creates a relationship between us and i don't want to just let you know that i've forgotten about you bjork fans it's mostly life moved me in a direction. Another thing is my health is become a huge priority for me. So I have even less time in a sense because I'm trying to get like an hour or two of exercise in every day so that I can morph my body into something that's more energized and in the macro sense, have more energy and a bigger lust for life. Like throughout this whole isolation times i've really been able to become happier and less stressed and healthier so it really has me in like a great place to come back to this series and i don't think i would have been able to create the review with something that you really would have wanted to see if it was just in a position where i was like ah oh, fuck i have to do this shit you know like and, and it kind of felt like that for a while not because bjork's album is bad but because even the podcast i was creating there was a little negative feeling inside of it until recently when i found my purpose again we can say um anyway you just sometimes you just have to take a step back and remember why you do things to get back into doing them right on that note um i hated the movie i didn't finish it i thought it was weird it is just not my my cup of tea if you 
you guys enjoyed that movie, cool. Artsy stuffs like that have never been interesting to me. And not because of what they are, but like visual arts is not my cup of tea. Like I don't really feel paintings and statues. I'm like, yeah, I can go there and stare at them and kind of think but it's, it doesn't do anything to me like what music does, right? It doesn't hit me the way words hit me. Like, there are certain things I love, and visual art is just, it's a little harder for me to get into. So the movie was not for me, and this soundtrack very much accompanies that movie in regards to, like, the lack of lyrics on this album or the overall weird crap that, not crap, that's rude, the weird experience, like, I thought I understood a weird Bjork. I did not. I did not know. Even on this cover with her, like, I guess, um, Geisha-styled face that she has going on and that outfit and the obscure instrument. I, I don't know what it is. And then just, like, this red staff. It's like she's there and it's like... This is going to be a weird one. That's all that's communicated to me. Like, this is going to be a weird one. Not that it's, like, a bad weird one. But, like, we are out there now. Like, she has embraced some shit. And we are ready to go. It's called Drawing Restraint Number 9. And I don't know. I believe that's part of a bigger series that the dude was making. So, this was just the ninth installment was this movie. Um, either way, it's fine. I guess you're trying to, I mean, the, the idea of drawing restraint is a linguistic puzzle that I find fun to think about because it's like you're trying to pull out into the world a visual or representation of restraint, which is holding yourself back, which is, I guess, discipline, which is within itself so fascinating. So like the title's cool because it's like holding back in a sense, but not because you're expressing through art so like there's this interesting juxtaposition i feel hit with right off the jump anyway i have a lot more to comment about that i don't know that this is going to be quite as lengthy or in depth in terms of like how i do the rest of the reviews but we'll do what we can with this on that note i hope you'll have some gratitude all right i'm gonna just read some stuff off of genius here to set the context for what this is lyrically um this letter is from the Japanese citizen to General MacArthur and openly, politely, and then takes a... Uh, anyway, so it's from the Japanese people. It's an actual freaking letter to General MacArthur post-World War II, if I'm not mistaken, to effectively ask for uh, permission to start whaling again because they needed this resource in order to avoid uh, starvation. And it's effectively just a, a plea for empathy is what I understand. So she took this like actual letter um yeah it was matthew barney is the guy whose name i didn't google before anyway this one features will aldham and he just does the vocals and just reads it over this dingly airy kind of music which which adds a certain ambiance to it i kind of really like the music under it and the way he talks over it and just says this weird crap because that's what it feels like. It feels like dudes reading the phone book as far as like the inorganic mishmash of what he's saying over this music. And I mean, I'm certain if I sat there and let it resonate more, I might be able to find some deeper kind of love towards what's going on. But I mean, it's like, Dear General MacArthur, with your permission, I offer wishes of good health during this heat that burns anything. The words I slowly put together do not flow easily. They only fill my heart. And it is very poetic. Don't get me wrong. It's just odd. It's very odd. 
and then um i guess in the movie it has to do with a whaling ship and whatnot and again i didn't really care that much about that part i did get as far as when they got on the ship and they have that creepy elongated bath scene and it's just such a bizarre experience to watch anyway um and the rest of this track just like it's like five minutes long right and it really like i love the way that the music cascades in and out. like it almost feels like it flows over itself and it layers in deeper and more stuff and it gets more enthusiastic and more intense and then it calms down and it's it's really remarkable the level of composition it's just i just i'm having so much trouble getting into it as a listener like i i cannot see a context in my life ever that i would throw on this track again except for the purpose of doing this review um I mean, even then, like, you see the humility is like, you know, our lives are kind of fucked up now in the lyrics, which is an interesting tone, right? Like, I suppose there's a historical value of me learning about this Japanese plea towards General MacArthur to get permission to, like, open up a key infrastructure thing. It's almost like expressing the plight of uh, impoverished people after a post-war situation, something I don't think a lot of us really think about. So on that front, it's super fascinating. It's just the delivery is wonky to me. Uh, recently fulfilling your heart's desire, you removed the wailing moratorium. Your gesture brings a much-needed food to our communities and families. So I guess here it's him showing gratefulness to the, removing the wailing uh, situation. So I guess it's already happened. So saying thank you. Um, thank you for letting us do what we need to do to feed our peoples. That is very kind of you. And I suppose it's kind of Mr. MacArthur to actually allow the people to eat and stuff. They could have not done that. And I like how he takes uh, the lines, the words I slowly put together do not flow easily. They only fill my heart. That's kind of a way of showing that in the midst of this very hard message you have to keep in mind this is a people who literally just got bombed and whatnot right coming out from the whole uh situation of the ww2 and um you have them like dropping their ego and and playing the perfect uh courtesan or courtier or whatever in terms of dealing with them it's almost like a excellent exercise in displaying humility it's not easy but this is how I feel, and this is the truth of the situation. And it's even showing that maybe sometimes, even if you loathe a specific situation, there is value in basically uh, humbling yourself out and embracing the same kind of humility. Um, there's another verse, a million-year-old fossil I sent to you. This comes from my family in the ancient sea, a prehistoric impression of the modern krill. She feeds on the noble whale and offers you longevity. So I guess uh, they give this symbolic representation back, a million-year-old fossil, like it's like a gift. Thank you for all of this. But then I also kind of like how it shows that the, the, the level of ecosystems and how we're all kind of symbiotic in a sense. And it's a little reminder that while the whale is out there for us, the impact is all sorts of other shit. In a sense, we are like this krill and you are like this whale. And thank you for feeding us and giving us this longevity. So there's a bit of poetry there, a bit of politics going on, and I really enjoyed that. Overall, it's uh, from Shizuka, which is a cool way, just down to the fact that it signs it. Like, this is literally just a freaking letter that they read with that one thing that's kind of put together like a hook, and it's cool. Like, it's a cool experience. It's just bizarre. It's like outside of the context of that movie, why does this exist you know sometimes like everything else i've heard from bjork i feel like i could see the point of it even on this album almost everything else on this project i can see the point of 
This shit is just bizarre to me. I gave it a 4.25, but what I realized is the only way I'm going to get through this review is to play a little bit with my imagination. So I feel like this track in the timeline of my we're going to call this my version of the plot of drawing restraint nine derived solely from my imagination based off of listening to these songs this is the end of the movie it's like uh aftermath all the bad craps happened that was gonna go down so like where it's one of those movies where you know you start like eight years later or whatever we're gonna have a eight years later flash up on the screen in scene two kind of thing or earlier or you know what i'm trying to say and um basically some bad stuff's going on the world's trying to figure out how to move forward we're trying to embrace gratitude and now we're going to get the tale of a thing that's whatever and in, in a little bit of a dark humor it kind of reminds me as like a foreshadowing of maybe the tone we all need to take in 2021 when life gets a little bit back to normal so yeah i give it a 4.25 it's a really well composed thing i don't see a value for but i can't take away from the like the music is like honestly a good 4.5 like it's really well composed. The delivery of the lyrics is a good four. The actual words are weird. I don't know how to grade that. That's just, it's an art project. It's just not standard music, I guess. Anyway, let's move into something else. It's called Pearl. So the bulk of this track is her making like breathing sounds like <laughs> kind of shit layered together. And it's really cool. It's almost like she beatboxed herself out and created this whole experience. And then some kind of stringy synthy thing pops in later on in the track and adds like a, a dramatic sense. There's some like slurping and panting sounds that kind of layer on later on and throughout this whole track there is a bit of like a movie-esque feel to it something super primitive going on so while i was listening to it it reminded me of i don't know if y'all saw quest for fire this is like some old school movie with no words and stuff where anyway in the beginning of that movie there's a bunch of caveman people and they all start like banging it out and doing some uh caveman sex stuff and just i was like 14 in class and we were like haha caveman boobies but like Oh, that's going on. So what I'm picturing as I'm listening to this is that primitiveness, like this primal nature to it. Like, like I feel like our protagonist is at home and, you know, maybe there's some caveman or G-type stuff going on and, you know, regular life, we'll call it. In my head, it was, an, I don't know, ever since that last album, I feel like Bjork and I just feel like she's so sexualized in the way she presents herself that, like, she's hot as fuck. That's all I'm trying to I, if Bjork gave me the opportunity today, I mean, I would have a lot of trouble saying no is what I'm trying to say. No disrespect. I just think she's stunning. Her personality is so attractive to me. She is. I might have a little crush is what I'm trying to say. Um, even with current her, like today and now, she must be like fine wine is all I'm trying to say. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like we establish in this scene while this song's playing as we've done the flashback who our protagonist is. We're going to call it Bjork for the sake of it. So she's now there. She's ventured out. She has, you know, dealt with her harem. And, you know, over the course of this, it's almost... Why do I feel like it's sexualized? Because it kind of... The intensity builds up down to the climatic situation about two-thirds of the way in, And then you kind of collapse and have your cuddles and shit after. And the hero accepts the quest and 
leaves the village and like goes on to it um it's super weird but like it's engaging and i find like this is one that i could see myself listening to not like all the time and i really don't know when and where i would throw this on and around other people but i feel like this is something i would go listen to when i wanted to be inspired when i wanted to hear something that is just so out there but also extremely enjoyable to get through so i get as a 4.35 i thought it was it was so engaging like it is the opposite of like the kind of boredom i felt seeping through a little bit through gratitude which was kind of slow kind of this is just like it's so out there but so beautiful sounding um i don't know i mean i liked it a lot thought it was cool anyway let's uh see what happens after our protagonist leaves the village as we check out the ambergris march so this is a very dingly experience i guess it's like a xylophone or one of those things um i'm really i'm really enthralled with the percussion it kind of sounds like like when like a series of, of like hits happen at once in a row but like like one of those sticks that has the multiple sticks not like a solid drumstick so anyway it's like a chaotic kind of delayed rhythm that adds flowing through it it, it just kind of makes me feel invigorated like like my imagination now we're in like the forest right and the protagonist is like left their village and the song builds up again and it has extra layers and intensities brought through and it feels like you know you're traveling through the woods and it's almost like disney-esque and um they're going through marshes and swamps and other kind of deeply naturey places and then through the more intense parts like when she almost trips and falls over the cliff and then the music picks up but then it's all okay because a birdie landed on her shoulder and saved the day and whatnot and like i don't know i feel like the main core of this is as she goes through the march she's interacting with nature and creating this like deep sense of bonds and i don't know internalized it, like it just feels like when the protagonist goes on the beginning of their quest and gets that like positive rush the beginning of the march when the you know lord of the rings when they first form the fellowship and take off together before all the bad stuff and conflict kicks in when everything's super exciting and it feels like the soundtrack to that kind of stuff um it is so out there compared to what i would normally listen to but i thought the composition was rich there's a lot of different sounds flowing together seamlessly and i really think it made me feel encouraged and excited and like i was ready to take on the world and stuff and i thought it was so well made i, I think this is a stellar track that like had it been you know not surrounded like i i don't what i was trying to say is had it been on like another collection and not on this album it would have worked like real perfect and it, it isn't necessarily to me confined to being like a movie soundtrack experience but it also sounds like the excellent scoring to a adventure scene at the beginning but in a more mystical bjerky kind of infantile way like like how she sings about animals and shit in such a cool way where it's like you can tell she's a fully grown mature warrior but she's also in touch with the youth and not afraid to have like in touch with her youth and not afraid to like you know embrace nature and whatnot so i gave it a 4.35 um or sorry a 4.5 i was looking at the wrong grade i really like this one i liked it more than a lot of the other ones on this project i'll be honest and so if you were just like looking to pick out one to see some weird out there shit i'd go with pearl or ambergris march for real these two are possibly some of the more palatable tracks in terms of just regular ass um listening to them in my opinion anyway moving along the next track is called bath 
this feels like ASMR Bjork edition. I mean, the way she whispers, the mixing on the voice, the panning back and forth, it sounds like ASMR. Uh, I wonder if the original ASMR videos came from somebody who listened to this and said, hmm, this is titillating to my senses. I could relax and fall to sleep to this. And then proceeded to make that really bizarre genre that goes from, on the one hand, real clean and nice, and on the other hand, real bizarre and, and sexualized. Um, Either way, I enjoyed listening to this. I thought it was uh, a weird experience. I'll be completely honest with y'all. There are some lyrics layered in and out. Um, it's kind of odd. I don't know what they mean. Uh, I don't know if they're like gibberish or if they're actually Icelandic in some way. I couldn't find a lot of anything about them. But like, I know the Albertan is something I've seen before in her lyrics. I know that this means all the brightness because that's the name of a song on Medulla. So we, I know I recognize that. But a lot of the rest of it is she could be saying damn well anything. I don't really know. It's cool. Um basically as i understand it according to genius this is when they're actually in the ship and whatnot and i don't know it's kind of eerie sounding it's a little like more acapella-y and sparse in terms of actual instruments and whatnot but it's also like super relaxing and pretty so i feel like at this point our hero has gone through the the, the forests and the marshes and has come across like the wise person the the main uh like i not like hero but like the not the sidekick but like the mentor like the the wise person the witch of the woods the prophet the gandalf the gray who is going to go ahead and impart onto them the kind of extra sense of both context to their quest explaining why they need to save the world but simultaneously pointing them in the direction of how they're going to unlock their ultimate power in order to save the day because what kind of story would it be if there's no ultimate power to unlock so i felt that sense of it and this bat the idea to me is there's a sense of cleanliness and serenity so it's almost like a picture almost like a baptism in sorts where our the innocence of our protagonist sheds away and the severity and seriousness of what's about to happen comes to be so in a new environment in a new world recognizing that we are not in kansas anymore so I, I don't know what else to comment on it. It's again, it changes as it goes on. She adds the, she has those words she says. The mixing is pretty interesting. It's pleasing. Athens considered. I thought this was a super enjoyable, um, a super enjoyable experience. You know, I feel like it's good. So I give it a 4.35 on five. Let's move on to where the album, in terms of my sonic adventures, goes on a completely different things because, yo, if this one was five minutes long, but I enjoyed the five minutes. It was a good five minutes. So when I hit repeat, it was nice. You can play this track on a loop for 20 minutes, I find, and it's just totally good. Did not have the same experience with Hunter Vessel. This just feels like a dirt dirt like fucking violin going and harsh notes and i mean it's really tense obviously there's a battle going on there's some bad crap going on like this is when the shark pops out of the water this is when something bad i don't know but i also feel like self-contained in this six minute and 36 uh second experience 
you get a visual accompaniment, or at least I did, where I pictured ships battling. Maybe it was the movie. Maybe I just like whatever. So I'm kind of biased towards ships. But this is when our hero first encounters their main villain. In an RPG video game, this is going to be when you fight the boss, the big baddie, and you battle, and then you have to lose the fight or whatever because the game says so, or somehow you win, but he's going to barely touch him and he escapes, and then you fight this dude nine times before you actually fight him in the final form and you always go why doesn't he just kill you when you're weak but they don't because then you'd have no game to play so in the same way i feel like whether or not it's a person or i feel like in a sense it might be like an internalized battle like accepting who you are or whatever there's a battle that happens here and something takes place and you can visualize this battle and the, the intensity and almost the emotional fear and anxiety and on that front the song's brilliant because it really captures all that and then it ends in such a conclusive way and i was at this track that i realized that there is just a story to this album in the music and that makes this a really impressive experience i don't know that i enjoyed the, doing this review i'll be honest of all the album reviews i've done this was my least favorite one to prepare for of like six i've done like what maybe 500 albums maybe overshooting 400 safely least favorite one to prepare that doesn't change the fact that I'm actually really impressed by this like way she can almost give you a movie through the way this soundtrack plays out. Like you can feel the whole story. And Hunter Vessel is just like a self-contained episode where it pulls it off excellently on that front. But it's boring for me. That was my problem with it. It's so impressive, but it's so boring in my opinion and i don't know that i enjoyed it yes the battle happens and yes it moves the plot along on the narrative and it creates some tension and excitement but it's just like sparse and just that for like six and a half minutes and i don't know maybe i'm just a spoiled add kid or something but that one was hard to get through in terms of enjoying it objectively though because i try to be objective with my grades i'm gonna give it a 4.15 because it's very impressive and it's extremely well composed why because you feel an entire cinematic experience listening to it i just don't like listening to movie scores just like that though that's just me anyway we'll keep going we're about halfway through with the next one and it's called shimanawa yeah, this is just like act two. You know what I'm going to do? Because I completely forgot to do this. I'm going to look up what Shiman, uh, sorry, Shimanawa means. So I'm going to do that as I'm describing how this is act two. This is just um, something. Oh, it's lens of laid rice straw or hemp rose used for ritual purification in the Shinto religion. I didn't know that actually until just now when I read that. So it's cool that my part two here, it's like a post battle mending scene. So in a sense, it's purification. What I actually wrote was bloody lover sex. So what I pictured happening is the war goes out. And you know how in all those war movies, your hero is always bloody and broken. And, you know, the partner comes through and like starts stroking all the wounds, which oh, looks so painful. Like, listen, if I'm covered up in cuts and stuff and you're an inquisitive person trying to seduce me, don't touch the damn cuts. Touch like me, but maybe not the cuts where it's going to freaking hurt. It's almost like I'm going to cause you some pain while I seduce you. I don't know what the goal is, but yeah. So that's the kind of sex scene it is. And then they mate um, and it goes down like that. 
And uh, I feel like there is a sense of purification going on, a sense of redemption in this music. So I actually thought that was really cool now that I've seen that the title of the track actually coincides with my my understanding of the emotion of this song because it's very similar in sound in terms of the stringy kind of shit that gets used to create it. It's a lot shorter, it's quicker, kind of like how that love scene is a lot shorter than the battle scene usually, unless it's one of those movies trying to get 13-year-old boys, you know what I'm saying? Um, but no, it's all right. Uh, I felt like it was more enjoyable to listen to, but mostly because it was only two minutes of this and it felt like, again, a really contained scene and I really enjoyed that effect it gave me I also feel like it helps move everything around and that's all good and that's fine I don't have a lot more to comment on it I don't want to waste your times with bloody dribbles so it doesn't do anything else for my imagination it's a 4.25 on 5 and let's move on to the vessel Shimanawa mm, I was wrong Shimanawa is about three minutes this one's about two minutes but uh vessel Shimanawa so now it's interesting because it almost feels like purification of motion like now we're on the vessel and the vessel's taken on a new form or in a sense our hero has been rebuilt after going through you know their first real battle they've made love they've been purified and now um they're kind of at the point where they're going to go through another battle of sorts whether it's an internalized one to rebuild strength maybe it's the training montage or it's the preparation to go through but there's going to be an obstacle to overcome like they were too weak they got the shit kicked out of them now they're they're rockying it up they're getting ready they're doing their regiment we get in an 80s track playing through the montage and it's not it's actually really loud violin sounds of serious intensity but that intensity tells me that there's a vigor but it's not like hunter vessel where it felt like a war was happening and bad shit's going down and our hero's not necessarily winning just a battle took place this is more like a passion like a vengeance like there's something driving you to move forward in it and i feel like these last three tracks are a bit of a mini story arc of like the hero learning to become a warrior and now the hero is is finished this last obstacle and is out on the quest again or maybe they've left the town and they've had their second encounter with some bad force like they fought the general because a lot of times in those rpg games you fight the big bad guy and then his generals come through one by one and you just wipe them out why don't they send them all at once and do a nukem job i don't know because then there's no game to play probably but in this case, yeah, we fought a general, we've gone through an obstacle, and that's what happens up in this track, and I think it's all right. Um, it's a 4.15. I don't, I don't know that I enjoyed it any more than Hunter Vessel. It just kind of is what it is. But let's move on to one of the more interesting tracks on this album. Let's talk about Storm. I don't know what the hell she says. It sounds like Scoab a whole bunch. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, this is a cool part of the story to me. So now Bjork has uh, gone through the whole journey and battled and whatever. But this is fucking cool. So often what will happen in these stories is along the way you get the uh, sort of Excalibur moment. Where you unlock your superpower and you unlock the crazy shit. And you basically are whatever. So what I think is that Bjork is now encountering that part. So throughout the journey... Bjork has met the Yoda or the character along the way that isn't the first one that tells you about the purpose. So like in Star Wars, the first one would have been Ben Kenobi with Yoda playing the unlock the secrets role, right? So like 
we're kind of there now. So we've got the unlock the secrets where it's like, I just with Storm, I feel like the power of nature, the whatever. So I picture Bjork becoming a cybernetic Amazon warrior lady, but she's real short. So she gets like a giant robot warrior suit because it makes her feel like more powerful and like enduring. I don't know, it's my imagination. And then uh, she can tap into the elements of nature and be like Storm the X-Men and fuck shit up. And why? Because she's gone through this whole thing um so i feel like like she evolved right like she went from being like a weaker entity not to call it weak but like in the beginning your character is at like v1 and then you evolved you unlocked the super strong form you've gone super saiyan and the music is so cool right because it's like her voice layer like this is very like electronic inspired and it's got a lot of shit like static and whatnot flowing through and it just comes off like this sci-fi industrial experience i just pictured lightning bolts and all sorts of cool light shows going on and i picture like she's ready like she's testing out her arsenal a new weapon she's fucking up some rocks or whatever i don't know if fucking up rocks is bad if you like nature if you could command lightning and you could destroy a rock is that like the same thing like killing an animal i don't know i never thought about the actual impact of the earth side of nature with destructive forces like that before okay uh either way it, it plays out it's like a freaking five and a half minute song but yo this one's an experience i feel like it got me pumped up i feel like it got real dope with it i just love the way she uses effects the way it flows through it's almost like we've left behind that sparse ass archaic shit and in a sense this is like the future like the last few tracks were almost like going into the past and looking at a simpler time of calmer musical sounds and to contrast the overwhelming nature of that we get something from a thousand years from now that's kind of bringing the future towards the present so in a way i feel like she's playing with time a little bit or maybe if we want to go on that front this is a scene where she meets future bjork the cybernetic warrior telling current bjork keep at it because shit's gonna be proper Anyway, I like this. I thought it was one of the better ones. I would definitely recommend this along with Pearl and Ambergris March. Uh, so four and a half on five. One of my favorites on this album. And that's the end of my favorites on this album. So let's talk about Holographic Entry Point. I don't know how to talk about this. It's like some tribal music. Like, like it reminds me of Native American throat music in terms of how obscure and out there it is compared to everything I listen to. It's just some dude doing this all way like i can see how like a 13 year old me or a younger me with all of my white friends would have made fun of this shit ignorantly because of how 90s comedy told us it was cool to like make fun of shit that you didn't understand i really don't like 90s comedy the more i watch it um but like i don't know what to say it's like 10 fucking minutes i normally when i review a track listen to it three times in a row I have heard this about three or four times because I ended up listening to this album many times in full because every time I would go to review it, I would like play it through in full again. But I, I really just did not like this. I didn't find it sonically enjoyable. I don't really understand the point of it. It's fine. I guess maybe there's some like meditative trance you can get into if you're into that kind of stuff. I'm, I think it's cool. Maybe it's some like ancient Japanese fucking folk music or whatever. And so on that front, it's like cool. But listening to this was so odd. I made sure to send this to a few of my friends. Be like, yo, check this. And then they were like, what the fuck, Holden? This is why people don't like it when I send them music. Because I don't send you shit unless it's going to be like this. Um, if you want to see what I think about music, uh, well, you guys can see what channel I'm on. Um, so yeah, I don't know. 
all I can picture is she's met some ancient master. Like, like in the last one, she unlocked the power. That is her new powers. And here, she's getting trained in how to use the power. Kind of like when uh, Uma Thurman meets the old dude with the long beard and kill Bill. And proceeds to, like, get the shit kicked out of her as she trains and learns the five-finger death punch shit. I don't know. That's fine. That's what it is. This is literally one of my least favorite song experiences that I've come across on this channel. But that doesn't make it bad. For all I know, this is fire in the context of its own world. Because lacking context is a huge part of enjoyment. There's a lot of science you can go Google that will teach you that repetition dictates what your preferences are. So if I were to listen to a lot of stuff that sounded like this, within a year, I could train myself to become a real sincere fan of it. In the same way that like I could do that, I just won't because I don't have any desire to with all the other things I desire. But it's interesting to know that I could become a fan of this particular sound if I were to seek it out and if I were to put that effort in and that's how the world works. So knowing that, I undo that bias and I say I don't know that this is bad, but I certainly don't enjoy it. So I'm giving it a three on five. Let's move on to another one that has words. It's called Gisitesia. We're back to the dingles and the niceties and the calmness. And this time Bjork uses the language I speak and communicate in. So I was able to understand her words and it was real beautiful to hear her singing. I really love her voice. And I think her voice and the way she sings just adds charm and, and magic to everything. You'll have noticed that, you know, we kind of get a sense of her voice in Pearl. I really like that. We got a sense of her voice in Storm. I really like that. And while I like her voice in this track, I don't like the dingly music. It's just so soft and calm and serene and not at all what I'm feeling right now. And that is might be my mood right now. And in like a different mood, I would feel kind of differently. But let's say most times I got to this track, I was a little bored. But I was also just kind of bored because I just spent 10 minutes with the last track. And there is that impact on listening to music. Like what you hear before and after will absolutely impact what you feel about a track. Um, so I was, I had a lot of trouble like getting into it from like a, I'm vibing to it. But when I listened to it a few times in a row, like the th once I had palate cleansed, I felt like I enjoyed it more than how it plays in context of this project um so like lyrically it's pretty calm into pattern flowing blood giving form so i guess that's like birth and shit or like life coming together i don't know i mean flowing blood is either life or like menstruation so like life and giving form is like life and into pattern feels like things are becoming organized to create life uh in every part the whole you see that's interesting because maybe it's bringing perspective to life and then from the moment of commitment, nature conspires to help you. So perhaps the moment you try to bring your dreams to life, nature and the world will help you kind of make that stuff coincide, which is interesting because I believe that that is one of the core tenets of Paulo Coelho's uh, Alchemist, Pilgrimage, Valkyries. Um, I, I've literally read five of those books in this row. It is not necessarily the point of Veronica decides to die, though. So that is a slightly separate point, which looks at insanity and, and whatnot. But the core of his, his message would probably be that when you live right and you go out there and 
try to bring your dreams to life and shit, the whole universe is going to manifest to like move you forward, which I'm kind of seeing happen in my world. Again, I got delayed from this project mostly because a lot of great things happened in my life. Like, like I said, like I'm, I'm doing I'm doing more and it's enjoyable. It might come at the cost of maybe reviews here and there, but I feel like nature is certainly conspiring to bring me towards my dream step by step and move by move and whatnot. So that's real cool. Speaking of the future, imagine what Bjork's gonna do with virtual reality. Like she's the kind of artist where I would pay like top dollar to see what the fuck she does in virtual reality. Um, I don't know. Let's get back to my little movie. Uh, Bjork is basically embracing her nature powers because, of course, they're fucking nature powers. What else would she be doing? She's like, so you know what I really imagine? I don't know if y'all ever played Mega Man. This is like a game I played when I was younger. And Mega Man 2 in particular, there was Woodman and Fireman and you used different elements. But like Woodman just had this green fucking laser leaves that would fly around him and you could shoot them at people. Then you had the fire guy and the water guy and basically all these different elemental attacks would come out of these different niches. And I thought that was super cool. So I just picture Bjork like taking leaves, which can give you a paper cut, and whipping them at such a speed that they're slicing necks and shit and like really causing some serious physical damage using her power. Um, overall, I gave it a four on five. It's short, it's high, it does its thing. Um, that brings us to the last one on this project, Antarctic Return. More of those stringed instruments whining at me. Um, this is the end of the story, the end of the movie. You picture the newly superpowered Bjork hero I've created returning back to the origin point. You know, maybe it's not that the enemy has been slayed yet because there's still a part two and three of the movies to come in this epic trilogy that I have created. But she is now prepared as a warrior to defend her people. And when the bad stuff comes, they're ready it's not gonna be like it was it's gonna be like a protected situation which i effectively think is the goal of all heroes journeys is to end up as a hero capable of dealing with the bad things that are gonna pop up and in a sense i feel this song has this finality to it it clearly feels like the end of a movie it has like like you know like a resolution to the conflict that may have been created through the hunter vessel part of the album i think it's good in the sense that it does have that effect but I feel like it's the fourth fucking track that sounds just like this shit. And I'm really just not that into the sound at this point. I can say that with pretty much certainty. Sparse, violin-y, shrilly sounds just don't do it for me. Sitting here with headphones on with no visuals to give me something to distract away from how much I'm not that into the sound in general. To be fair, I don't know how much I would like it in like a movie if that was the score. I much prefer it when they do shit like obscure pop music like... Or like they'll they'll take like a 2020 pop song and like make it punk rock to fit that scene. Like that's shit that I like in scoring. Not this shit. This is not my cup of tea. That's okay. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's good enough for now. Y'all get the point of it. I, I give this track a 3.5. Beer can protect the villagers and shit. We good. Story done. I don't know how trying restraint nine ends. I didn't finish the movie. I will never finish the movie. I've kept it downloaded on my computer literally just in case I needed to. 
but I'm going to go delete it as soon as I'm done recording this because clearly I'm past that and I can move on with my life, which is great because we can actually get back to real Burek albums that I'm excited to talk about. They give me things to talk about. And I believe next up is Volta. So expect in the next little while a Volta review, followed by a Biophilia review, followed by a Mount Wittenberg Orca, if it turns out I'm reviewing that. Then Bastards, then Volnikura, and then y'all can go check my Utopia review because I started it with that one. Although I might do like a revisited to Utopia review because, you know, it could be interesting to retouch that album. Having gone through all of these albums, which was kind of what led me to this in the first place, was simply I didn't know how to, I, I really enjoyed Utopia, but I didn't understand the journey that got there. Anyway. Uh, I gave this project, all things considered, what did I give it? I didn't actually calculate. 4.09 on 5. Why? Because it's just a, a really obscure soundtrack to a movie I didn't really watch or enjoy. So I'm not left with this overwhelming sense of nostalgic connection to it. There are a few tracks I really enjoyed listening to it, but most of it left me with a feeling of this is well composed weird. It does get my imagination going, but I'll be honest, I'm gonna go throw on some EDM if I want that vocalist stuff. Like there's a lot of things I enjoy listening to without vocals than what Bjork gave me here. And that's just where I'm at with it. So thank you all for watching. Totally appreciate you being here. Thank you for your patience. I promise I won't make you go six months before the next one comes. I can't say it'll be two weeks, but it won't be six months. Um, I will finish this series. That's a promise. You know, I'll try to aim for the end of the year to get the rest of the reviews done, all of them. And then hopefully next year, Bjork gives us a new album and I see y'all again with a fresh take on a new project with some experience in my journey through Bjork. So yeah, looking forward to your comments and keeping up the conversation. Like the video if you did. Subscribe to the channel for more reviews. Special thanks to the Patreons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Bryan, CG Black, Hurricane, Linda William, Gribble, and Carl. They're dope. They support what we do, helping us get to the next level. We certainly need the help. So if you're able to help, it would be very lovely of you. I make music myself. You can check out the links to all that down below. Please follow me on Spotify. Show some love and live long and prosper, everyone.